You're listening to To Trope or Not to Trope, we're your hosts, Kelly, Kristen, and Ray. Welcome back to another episode from our Archetype series. An archetype in storytelling is a character or idea with a set of patterns developed across time and which appear repeatedly in narrative. We've covered several archetypes, the most recent one being the shapeshifter. If you've missed it or others in the series, feel free to check them out before continuing with this one. Though it isn't necessary, we at times reference other archetypes already discussed. Today, we'll be talking about the trickster archetype. So this might sound familiar if you listen to our shapeshifter episode, where this particular archetype was mentioned. With the shapeshifter, we imagine Marvel Loki, but with the trickster making such a mark on myths, it might be best to picture more of myth Loki this time. So the trickster is an ancient archetype that's been used for ages, from Anasi to Hermes to Krishna. It's been a cornerstone for myths and legends and is a core feature of the human experience and expression. In fact, we see many tricksters in a variety of cultures and in a variety of stories, both ancient and modern. So, first question, do you two have a favorite mythical trickster? Bugs Bunny. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Looney Tunes has ascended to myth at this point. So, Basically. Definitely I'll, Bugs Bunny. I'll take it. <laughs> do you think, like, the internet basically keeps saying he's actually a trickster god? Do you think that's true? Oh, Absolutely. Like, uh-huh. I mean, most Looney Tunes characters are tricksters in some to some degree, or like a pair of like trickster and person who gets tricked. But uh-huh. like, you're you're straight man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Roadrunner and Coyote. Like Roadrunner is the Roadrunner is the trickster, and then uh-huh. Coyote is Coyote. Oh, <laughs> not the trickster Coyote for that. That Which is another, <laughs> another coyote, another of a mythic trickster. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's a little more. I don't know, typical, but mm-hmm. like just the entire category of like the fair folk. Like mm-hmm. I, yep. I like that aesthetic of trickster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will also say like a lot of I like a lot of portrayals of like Hermes or Mercury, depending on your you know Greek or Roman flavor. And like I, I feel like Kitsune are pretty cool, and like I want to see more yeah. Kitsune. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. but yeah, I love. I also love Faye. I mm-hmm. I love how like you think that you're getting a deal a lot of the times with them, and then oh, just kidding! Like uh-huh. now yep. you die, or like now you lose your firstborn, or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's good. Castle of Robin Hood. Like, (gasps) I I went down a rabbit hole because I first thought of the Disney Robin Hood because, you know, foxes are always tricksters. And, like, apparently Mm. that movie came out of a, like, an idea for an adaptation of Reynard, the fox trickster person from, like, 12th century, I think, somewhere around there. Um, And then it, like, adapted into Robin Hood, which is why he's a fox, which I thought was Uh fascinating. Uh Uh-huh. I knew it was some weird combination of things, like it was originally supposed to be something else, but uh-huh. yeah, no, I've forgotten specifics. <laughs> but yeah, any trickster Robin Hood is fantastic in my book. Foxes, once again, like, you know, Kitsune, Robin Hood, like, foxes. Yep. Foxes are good. Foxes are great. There are a lot of rabbit tricksters, too, which is oh, interesting yeah. to me. Because I guess, like, what I was reading was basically that they're always prey, and so, like, they have to outwit the predator animals. 
so they become tricksters. Hmm, that's cool. Ooh, yes, yes. I think foxes usually work the other way because, like, even though they're small, they're and they can be prey animals. They're also predators, so like they're the more like hunting dangerous trickster frequently. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there? I could be totally making this up, but doesn't isn't there some kind of like mythic, superstitious like base of basis of belief that? Foxes are more cunning for some reason. I don't know, man. Sounded real dumb. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I like either way. I feel like um, foxes hit the trickster myth because a lot of the times the tricksters, whether for good or bad, um, are clever, and so like it fits that box. Like I think human experience with foxes has been more. Like, we have the phrase to outfox someone and things like that. It's because, like, they would go hunting for foxes and, like, the fox would get away half the time. Meanwhile, like, but, like, not because, like, the fox is, like, attacking them or particularly dangerous to humans. Meanwhile, like, wolves, on the other hand, there's there are so many different myths about wolves and it's great. Um, but like in, let's see, what's it? Native American type myths, like wolf is like, sure, a predator and dangerous, but also frequently kind of dumb. And there are like a number of cultures that have that where it's like, oh yeah, he's a predator, but he's kind of, he's kind of dumb. And yeah, like Little Red Riding Hood. Uh huh. Because I'm sure that human experience with wolves is more like, oh, they're dangerous, but like they don't like they don't. It's not the same experience as like, oh, I'm trying to catch this fox and it got away. Like, uh-huh. right. I mean, have you met dogs? They are yeah. they are predators, but they are dumb, and I they're love them. <laughs> uh-huh. hmm. I think that's interesting because my favorite, I guess, mythical trickster would be Puss in Boots. That's more fairy tale, Ooh. but mm-hmm. yeah, which he's, I mean, like cats are predators usually, um, but they're small but ones. They're uh-huh. small. Yes. And so they have to use their wits, I guess. It's interesting because in the fairy tale, like it, the entire time, so it starts off with, you know, the son of this Miller basically getting a cat. Um, and the Miller's like, what am I going to do with this cat? Well, I guess I'm just going to. Just gonna, I'm gonna eat you or something. And then the cat's like, wait, no, I can help you. And then uses his wits to outfox. There we go. Outfox like <laughs> the king and like all the farmers in the field. And, and then also like a giant, even that shape, shape shifts into a mouse. And then the cat eats the mouse. And it's like, oh, that's okay. really clever. That's cool. Mm. <laughs> that is clever. But yes, mythical tricksters are cool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Carl Jung would say that the trickster exists as a symbol for human beings' collective unconscious, since there's a little trickster in all of us. He would argue that we all have a deep-seated will to make mischief and break rules, to access imagination, creativity, and childlike wonder. And through all that, the trickster allows for a different perspective to potentially change the way of the world, or at least the perception of it. While the shapeshifter wants to confuse the hero, a trickster wishes to confuse those around them in their pursuit to disrupt society, and in more specific instances, authority. So the trickster often reveals the dark undertones of society with wit and unflinching comedic delivery, whether for the benefit or detriment of society. So when a trickster in fiction breaks or questions society's rules, 
how does the writer keep this from feeling too contrived or didactic? Tone, character, something else? What do you two think? I think tricksters get a little bit of extra wiggle room Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. Like we have more space for someone causing problems for your hero character than we do for coincidences that make it easy for them. Those feel like cop-outs, but if you have a character whose sole purpose is basically just to cause problems and it's like in ways granted that actually further the plot and aren't annoying we're here for it (laughs) yeah i think a big part of this is like the trickster character has to have their own aims like even if it's not explicitly stated it need like that character needs their own motivation otherwise you know like similar to morally gray shapeshifter who's morally gray just for the sake of it like they'll be uh-huh. a confusing and annoying piece of story that doesn't make sense uh-huh. mm-hmm. like i will say there is an exception to this because like in the right kind of story tricksters can serve a similar purpose as like a greek chorus like revealing things to the audience at opportune times mm-hmm. but like if you do that you have to really lean into the didacticism Yeah, they can be, like, your fourth-wall-breaking narrator. Or, like, even if they don't do that, like, even if they're just, like, even if they just make jokes that are, like, clever, you know? Uh Uh-huh. You have to lean into them revealing things to the audience, even if it's not directly. Right. Uh I would add to your idea that they have to have their own motivation, sort of, or at least I would specify a little bit. Where, like, yeah, they have to have their own goal, but the goal can simply be to mess with the main character. If that's, like, the thing that they're about, we'll still take that. But they need a reason for doing it. Yeah, there's something about the main character that, like, okay. Like, they, they do, it does work better if they have, like, a bigger purpose than that, because otherwise they just kind of seem, like, weirdly a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, like, they don't. They don't need a character arc, but, like, they need to, like, want to be better than the hero, or they need to, like, hate the hero's hair, and so they constantly cause problems. Like, it can be stupid, but it has to it has to be something. Yeah. I would, like, I'm yeah. thinking of um, the Joker and Batman, because frequently the Joker's entire, like, shtick is to mess with Batman, like, to some extent he's messing with everybody he's trying to make a like his point is something like that the world is chaos and humans are awful like Mm -hmm. just in general and like he hates batman because batman has this rule where he like won't kill people something like that so he frequently does things just like trying to push batman to kill people trying to push batman to be a bad person or something something or other yeah i mean I think part of the reason why he targets Batman specifically is because Batman has all these rigid rules. And so being kind of like that trickster type character, it's like, yeah, but let me push you a little so that you question or so that you um, see like my side of things or see how like awful society is, especially when you follow the rules. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah. But like, that is his consistent goal. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it would be consistency is important. yeah randomly like i don't know did something with cats or something you know like it needs to be consistent you can't just have a character going around causing chaos willy-nilly for no reason i mean 
yeah you probably could but it's not gonna but work that well has to be the point yeah, yeah no like you can get away with almost anything if that is the point like of your yeah. story of your character or something like that but in general like they have to make some kind of sense like yeah. what is yeah. the backbone of how this thing functions how this character functions i would also elaborate i also think that um to the point of keeping the trickster from feeling too contrived or didactic i do think that the trickster does have to kind of match the story that they're in like i think they can still be like pretty contrived and we have a fair amount of leeway for them but like they still have to match the overall tone so like once again thinking of the joker and batman it's like how the joker acts ranges depending on what portrayal this is from like the literal cartoons where they're cartoons so they're going to be more um extra generally into like more of the like Mm, you know more of your gritty portrayals of batman like heath ledger oh yeah but yeah like to your point it should be you know at least mentioned again that usually the trickster character is while Yes, they're matching the tone to a certain degree. They're also like, this character is super extra, usually. Uh (laughs) It's like, I just keep thinking of like Sherlock, the BBC TV show, and Moriarty. (laughs) And like how, Mm. like, I mean, some like Sherlock is also kind of out there and stuff, but in a a different way. It's a really similar pairing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's interesting. This should go without saying, but just like to specifically answer your question of how to make them not didactic and contrived, don't have your trickster come out and say, this is the moral of this story. <laughs> because I've uh, seen Chris- that happen. <laughs> and it's horrible. <laughs> Unless like, it's Deadpool, apparently. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, like Ray was saying, if that's your point, go for it. But like, right. if you're writing a normal story that doesn't have some weird point, like, don't don't tell. Don't have your characters tell people what is happening. Show don't tell. Always good advice. <laughs> and you know, focus on. I mean, you guys kind of already touched on a bunch of points already, but maybe focusing more on character and their motivations rather than, well, this is the point I want to get across specifically. Oh, and it's boy. like, yes, that's that's still important to. Yes. realize like oh yes i want to touch on um this dark undertone of society um but also like making your characters make sense still like giving the giving the trickster character maybe even a set of rules or something that they follow um <laughs> would help yeah if you're writing a story in which your characters should be real right real characters <laughs> like Why? Yeah. not all not all tricksters have to be real, but like you right. have to write that story if that's the story you're writing. Right. You can't do it all, sadly. <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we briefly mentioned uh, the Joker. And so <laughs> the Joker obviously is not necessarily a good guy right (laughs) um and same thing with a lot of other tricksters i mean they are on a scale from like oh good intention to like maybe bad intentioned but the trickster is not concerned usually with um morally right or wrong since they're more focused on challenging an individual to question 
what is right and wrong, thereby indirectly becoming a vehicle for potential change. The trickster mocks tradition, tears down the establishment, and caves into their desires without a care for morality. Okay, so what's the most appealing aspect of the trickster? What makes it so universal? Okay, first, I don't actually agree with your fact, or with your premise that tricksters aren't concerned with morality. Because I feel Mm. like tricksters are, like, uber concerned with morality. It's just not always accepted morality Hmm, okay well if i say something more along the lines of okay like yes there's maybe they're still concerned with like oh society is wrong because of this they're still willing to push the boundaries of what we as in society conceive of as right and wrong yes like they'll they'll like push the envelope like they'll okay like Maybe they'll break the law in order to show you that, you know, this is good to them. And so you should acknowledge that, like, this is good. It's more like they'll break the law to show that the raw, to show that the law is wrong. Like, you know. To poke holes in whatever society's rules are. So maybe I should say more, yeah, maybe I should say more, like, culturally what is right and wrong. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. That's a solid premise. I think frequently the point of the trickster is to, like, even though they themselves might be operating, like, they're almost always operating on a different set of moral principles than the other characters are. And that's what allows Mm -hmm. them to, like, push boundaries or do things that other people in the story wouldn't do. Like, yeah, but yeah. like, yeah, like to Kristen's point, it's usually to like because they're they have a different sense of morality, so they're using it to like highlight how like this rule doesn't make sense, or they don't think that rule is moral. Or, mm. but I think it also almost always has to be something that the audience would agree with. Like, mm. if your trickster is constantly going around pointing out things that the audience is like, no, that's dumb, then it's gonna be a dumb <laughs> trickster. You know, I it, yeah, right. I think it's something that the audience could agree with because, like, that's part of what makes your darker tricksters intriguing. Is like you know that you like your your evil or your dark tricksters are frequently doing things that you know are wrong, but they have mm-hmm. an explanation for why the thing that they're doing is okay or doesn't matter or something along those lines. Yeah. And, like, to answer your question of what makes them appealing and universal is, like, they do the things that we wish we could, but... <laughs> Live vicariously. <laughs> wish fulfillment. Yeah. Like, we also wish we could, like, walk up to a boss or, like, walk up to a person in authority and tell them they're full of it. But, like, you can't do that, you know? Oh, right. I mean, you could, but... <laughs> exactly. Consequences. <laughs> It's also interesting because they're always generating, like, tension and provoking reactions from other characters, and you don't quite know what they're going to do next, because even though they have to make sense, like, their rules are different from other people, so there are basically more options on the table. So Mm -hmm. you're just sort of watching to see, like, what they're going to do now. (laughs) Yes. Right. I also think it's fascinating um, and pretty appealing to have a trickster character that is usually they're clever and so um, and not usually strong. I mean, they could be, but um, 
I always like those characters that, okay, like maybe they're physically weak, but they're able to outsmart um, whatever they're going up against. And I feel like, like, yes, that could be us in society potentially, but um, at the same time, like, at least for me, I feel like there are definitely times where I'm like, all right, someone says something to me and it like hurts my feelings. And I wish I could have said something back that would have been like all clever and cool. And I think about it. And like uh-huh. a few days later, I'm like, oh, I have the perfect comeback. Uh-huh. But um, yep. the trickster has that supplied. Like the trickster kind of fulfills that, yep. also fulfills that wish of like, oh, I have the perfect phrase to just like, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Like it fits into the whole like gentleman thief and evil is sexy thing too. Like uh-huh. it's just it's appealing to us. <laughs> Yay, competence. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about morally great characters in the shapeshifter, but as mentioned, the trickster can be just as, according to society, morally cre- questionable. However, the The difference here is that the trickster will always show a hint of playfulness. So how far does humor help an audience swallow morally dark actions? I have a counter question that I promise is sort of related before I answer this. Are we drawing a difference between trickster characters and characters who sometimes trick other characters? Because like Mm. examples on the internet take this like trickster character thing really wide and like i saw something that listed like half the characters in game of thrones because you know the story is all about Uh. characters outwitting each other but like personally i wouldn't call most of those characters tricksters even if they are tricking each other like and i think the key for me is a trickster is like a trickster archetype has to somehow show the absurdity of reality whether that's a comic relief sidekick or a villain like trapping a hero in their own rules or whatever so, like, they're kind of a meta character in a way, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. What do you I'm guys on, think about that? That was the thing that I was thinking about. Like, is that literal character type, not just, like, someone who happened to trick another someone? Right. Yeah, okay. I was thinking more of, like, the general type. Okay. Perfect. I Yeah, the internet made me very confused. <laughs> That's As fair. it usually and- does. I don't know, yes. that's the kind of question we usually have on this podcast, especially when it comes to archetypes, when we talk about, like, characters yeah. behaving as this archetype yeah. in this moment. Right. That would be a fun segment. How is the internet wrong today? Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> How to make enemies 101. Well, we'd have, we'd have endless amounts of content. It's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Anyway, okay, to answer your question then, unlike how humor helps the audience swallow morally dark actions, I honestly think it's less humor and more likability. And of course, like, good mm-hmm. humor makes characters likable, but it has mm-hmm. that humor has to exist in tandem with, like, charm or, like we were saying, the moral high ground, even if it's not, like, society's morals, like, we have to think they're right. Like, a character can do dark things as long as the audience is still kind of rooting for them because, you know, the recipient (laughs) of their actions is worse than whatever they're doing. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I have a little bit of, like, argument with, like, the question, kind of. Because, Mm. like, I don't think it always helps someone swallow morally dark actions like that sort of thing because like okay there's a way that it's like 
okay, it's funny. The reason that it's funny is because, like, this person who's the trickster is clever and they're doing something that, like, outsmarts the whatever your other character is. And we kind of think that that character, like, deserves it a little bit. Like, that that other character... Like, so, you're usually on Bugs Bunny's side. Even mm-hmm. though he kind of does... Yeah. He sometimes does horrible things to Elmer Fudd or Yosemite Sam. But, like, we're okay with it because we're well aware that those other characters would kill Bugs Bunny if they could. <laughs> um, Something like that. But if you have a trickster who is a villain... Sometimes mm. adding the humor in there just, like, makes them even more evil. So, like, it's not like, oh, I'm gonna swallow this because it's okay. It's more like, oh my goodness, that person is doing this awful thing, but it's, like, kind of a joke. It's kind of humorous and things like that. And it sometimes makes your trickster, like, super sick and evil. Do like, you do you feel like it's easier to watch or read if there's sometimes, humor or sometimes is it those makes it worse like sometimes mm. those makes it make it harder because like there are things that like i'm thinking of the joker once again like this is your quintessential mm. like evil trickster in our modern mythology i would think and like there are some things that like because of the added humor element it just makes it that much more <laughs> disturbing <laughs> that's fair i think it depends on the humor for me like there's the like unhinged sociopathic humor that like ray was saying just makes it worse but like (laughs) actually humor i find funny like it's what i guess it's whether it's funny to me or funny to the character you know (laughs) yeah like there are things that are funny to the characters and you're like oh no and then but if it's actually like, funny to me, I'm like, yeah, okay, why not? I don't know. There's also, like, this special kind of fucked up area where <laughs> you see, like, something that is so bad, but you laughed at it. Like, right? it's absolutely mm. horrible. And then you just feel like a horrible person. <laughs> yes. That is, that kind- is special. And it's in- so interesting because humor is different for everyone. So this is, like, such a interesting... I don't, I don't know if like, I, and I think you're, you're right there. Like there, and there are definitely characters who are morally, who are doing bad things morally and they're funny, but people like, there are some people who would still be offended by that or still like, not like the character because they're like, well, I don't find that funny. Um, They're still hurting people or, and other people who are like, Oh, that's still hilarious, though. Like, yeah, sure. Like, he just blew up that guy, but you know, his joke was cool. It landed. Uh, which I think, like, when you you kind of dip your toes into the dark humor pool, where it's like some people get it and some people don't. Um, oh <laughs> and it's also fascinating to me just how, like, if something, if something bad happens at least to me i like and other people that i've known like we laugh about it we make jokes which is such an interesting response because Mm -hmm. it almost feels like you know it's a release it's like Uh okay well my body has to do the opposite in order to balance itself from like (laughs) the trauma it's just experienced or something you end up with that gallows humor or whatever where it's like you're making a joke in a very serious situation Mm -hmm. Right. My go-to <laughs> phrase is laugh to keep from crying. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
before you know there's always the it's funny because it's true that's a great one (laughs) yeah it it's interesting too because right now I'm reading um I Must Betray You and it's a book Mm -hmm. that touches on like Romania when they were um communist and like the in like 1989 specifically but Mm -hmm. uh it's interesting because, and I was like looking up certain things that the author would say, like the character would say throughout the story. And I'm like, surely, surely this can't be true. And I would look it up and it was true. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. And like the entire time there are just characters making, like they have these very dark humor moments where they'll make a joke and um, they use a fictional character in order to do it. So it's like almost another layer of um, taking a step back and trying to like alleviate that stress and that like trauma. So like the, the distancing kind of thing. Yeah. And it was actually like a fictional character that these, you know, Romanians use during the time in order to like make fun of their government while also being like, safe and also being able to like alleviate some of that stress and that worry and that you know just fear um interesting yeah and yeah yeah. there are lots of instances of like people using like fictional tricksters in their culture like either to sometimes to like subvert uh a more powerful authority, things like that. Like that's where mm-hmm. the the Briar Rabbit stories come from, is that they're slave stories. So like the idea is like, you know, to be clever, like like Briar Rabbit, things like that. And it's this way to like tell stories and share wisdom with while seeming like harmless. Mm-hmm. But that might mm-hmm. be a slightly different thing than like, but like, yeah, cult- like I'm saying cultures will do that. They'll like invent characters to talk about like the things that they're going through or to like share wisdom and things like that because it makes it easier right. to remember. And it's frequently also kind of, um, it kind of, it's not exactly like putting something in code, but like it can be less obvious, like what they're, what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. The magic of fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I will say, like, I was struggling with this question because I couldn't think of any archetypal tricksters that, like, the audience didn't root for at least a little. Archetypal ones. Yeah, like, even if we go for the Joker, like, there are so many people who latched onto that, like, some people just yeah. watch the world burn quote, because, like, yeah. we all have our days, you know? Uh-huh. We'd never do it, but... Uh-huh. And I, I wonder if that's not, a like, a taste thing, too, because, like, going back to the whole, oh, humor, or, I mean, not even humor, but even, like, likability to stretch it that way, but, like, that's on the spectrum, and so there's certain people who, like, definitely... And there are different renditions of the of the Joker. Um, but like there's certain people who are like, no, the Joker is awful. And like, why would <laughs> someone you know want to be the Joker? And then the person who wants to not be the, but kind of wants to be the dro- Joker, they're someone, like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someone who relates they're, to that in some way right. or like some part of you relates to the Joker. <laughs> right. Like understand, like maybe kind of 
understands the point that the Joker is trying to make and is like, yeah, I totally agree. Like society needs to change. And it's like (laughs) expressing Mm -hmm. it through, I don't know, a different way via the Joker and like taking on not definitely, obviously not like, yeah, I'm going to be the Joker and I'm going to blow up like (laughs) downtown. Hopefully it's not that, but more of like, (laughs) more of like, yeah, society needs to change, which is, you know, part of the trickster archetype. Yeah. I think to both your point and Ray's earlier point, like the people who aren't going to find like some at least kernel of relatableness in the Joker are the same people who aren't like the entire Dark Knight movie (laughs) because the trickster fits the story. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess know your audience when you write. On this topic, vaguely, like, getting meta for a minute, satire also has strong trickster energy, just as a genre, because it shows the absurdity of the world. Uh Usually, like, pointing out the dark things and being like, yikes. Yeah. I I really want to see more satire, but I feel like it's harder and harder to find now. It 100% Um, is, (laughs) and I have many, many theories on that that continue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um i i think that's fascinating because satire like going back to the whole allowing like using humor to basically take a lens to society and society's rules uh, or just like culture or whatever it is you're trying to whatever your point is it's such a clever way but it's so nuanced that mm-hmm. i not everyone gets it um but it's it's so sad though because like if if you get it though you get it and it's so good and it's like it's so thoughtful and i just i guess i just want to see more of it yes same i it's antithetical to the current popular writing style though which is i think partially Mm -hmm. why we don't see it yeah sadly (laughs) (laughs) I'm still wondering if you can have, like, a serious trickster. Like, if you can have a trickster without humor. I think there have been characters that have done similar things to other characters that are tricksters, but, like, they're still not tricksters because, like, kind of baked into the idea of trickster is an amount of levity, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, this person is having fun. This person is playing a prank. (laughs) Meanwhile, if you take, like, another character that has maybe the same moral bent as a trickster, but, like, has none of the levity. It's like, well, they're not much of a trickster anymore. Like, I'm comparing... (laughs) Yeah, they're 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 just cruel, or they're, like, serious about their point. Like, right now I'm comparing... This doesn't... This is not a precise comparison but i'm comparing the joker to like light in death note because death note is a very serious very serious um like very serious anime basically and you could argue either that l is tricking light or that light is tricking l like whatever you can kind of argue either direction but like there's no levity they aren't pulling pranks on each other they're trying they are trying to outsmart each other right it's not, they're, I wouldn't call those characters tricksters. So that's interesting to me that they can have like 
like light has like this moral point to make the same way that the Joker has some moral point to make, but the Joker is going to like, is going to do it like partly to like mess with Batman and society. Meanwhile, like these other characters in the more serious like shows or anime are having a serious like argument about what they think the world should be. <laughs> mm. I'm not familiar with, with your reference, but I Apologies. another piece of that. I think, Oh no, you're fine. We all do that. Um, <laughs> I think another piece to that is that tricksters don't often want to make a change come about. They just kind of want to poke at things until other people yes. make changes come about. And yeah. like when you get more serious, you tend to get more into like, this is my thing. I'm on about it. I will make it happen. Yeah. Like tricksters are in this more punk category where they are they're pointing out the problems but they're not necessarily giving you real solutions <laughs> uh-huh. right just like hey realize that this is maybe not great and then maybe other people realize it and maybe there's change <laughs> via those other people but not the trickster <laughs> yeah like tricksters are like this sucks and also this sucks and also this sucks whereas yeah. more serious and isn't this really like, <laughs> right where your more serious characters are like, this sucks, we should fix it. And uh-huh. Trickster's yeah. like, yeah, you should fix that. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and then they'll poke holes in whatever your new idea is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very, like, Alice in Wonderlandy. <laughs> yes. Like the Cheshire Cat. <laughs> I feel like the Cheshire Cat very much walks the line of Trickster and Shapeshifter, which is yeah. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> That line is fast, or like the line between shapeshifter and trickster is fascinating to me. I mean, they're so they can be so different, but then yeah, I feel like there are certain characters that walk that line. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the shapeshifter, is it easier for a trickster to get away with dark or harmful actions than it would be for a shapeshifter? I think, in a story sense, yes, because. In the context of the story, you usually already know that the char- that the trickster character is a trickster. So mm-hmm. we don't feel as betrayed when they do something harmful. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. frequently your shapeshifter's point is something like betrayal or surprise or something like that. And you don't always know that they're a shapeshifter until you see, like, the shift. Mm-hmm. Mm. That makes sense. I think a lot of it also comes down to like who the audience thinks is right because mm. shapeshifters exist in opposition to the hero. So we're less inclined to let them get away with things because we think the hero is right. Whereas uh-huh. like, even if tricksters are in opposition to the hero, like we've talked about, they're usually kind of like on a different plane of existence uh-huh. because they're a little bit meta <laughs> and like uh-huh. they, they have different rules and we're always kind of rooting for them a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. A trickster At least that, enough to see what happens. <laughs> exactly. Like, a trickster that doesn't reveal and or mock something that the audience can get behind is just going to be weird and useless and probably kind of distasteful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, basically, yeah, I was just going to say the shapeshifter is also... <sighs> you might really enjoy this character, and then whenever they do shapeshift and going back to i guess kind of like both of your points of it's the protagonist's story and so even if mm-hmm. they are doing something that's 
quote unquote, right. Um, <laughs> and you feel betrayed too. And so there's like this deep, deep kind of like betrayal there of they, they betrayed me too. I have no idea. Or if you did see it coming, you're uh-huh. like waiting for it. And then you're still, you still feel betrayed for yeah. the betra- protagonist. Um, yeah. So yeah, the trickster is very upfront. Usually, I mean, there are mm-hmm. pranks going on, but very upfront with like who they are. Yeah. Okay, so uh-huh. trickster characters, <laughs> trickster characters are those usually lacking in physical strength, but who make up for it in clever ploys and/or manipulation. They are the con men and women of the archetypes, and can exhibit both cunning and foolishness, oftentimes both. Mm-hmm. These characters have at times been seen as both animalistic and or also define. A trickster character is so far removed from the other characters that they're either completely shunned as the other or seen as so far above everyone else that they become the other regardless. So do you feel like tricksters, especially when they're filling the role of the other, appear differently in various genres? Honestly, no. Like, mm, I think in like fairy tale and myth and like fantasy type stories, they're probably going to be more of an overt trickster because those worlds exist with different uh-huh. rules. Mm. But like the general comic relief character is pretty much the same across genres. Interesting. Do you still feel like they hold the same kind of other like distance between maybe the protagonist and themselves? Like for fantasy, you could have like literal trickster gods. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like, maybe what you said makes sense, but I think, yeah, there's usually some amount of distance there because they're, they're usually some kind of antagonist to your protagonist. That's, that's what makes them a trickster. Right. But what about like the romance genre? Would this be like a fortune teller that the main character goes to <laughs> like, will I meet my true love? And the fortune teller is just kind of like tricking her out of her money maybe but mm-hmm. also making a point like would that be that's such a specific example I mean, but yeah that could exist i think the trickster in romance and in drama and in anything is just gonna be your comic relief like your best friend your little sibling whatever the one who's like yeah that was a dick move you shouldn't like him for that <laughs> you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i will like I don't know if there's that much difference between, like, individual genres, but I do think there's maybe a broad stroke difference sometimes with, like, in myths and fantasy, sometimes the trickster is a literal god or supernatural being, kind of like Kristen was, like, pointing out, where it's, like, in Mm. fairy tales, it's like, this is literally the trickster character. (laughs) Um, And those, I would argue that those tricksters are sometimes more analogous to fate or luck, whereas yeah. genres that don't have those fantastic elements, more frequently their tricksters are other characters, so that comes across more like a social problem involving how your characters handle tricky people or like this person who's po- posing a problem, rather than mm-hmm. like, oh, like bad luck of the universe, I guess you got like, I guess you got screwed. Like, hey, I will say tricksters don't always have to be causing problems for your hero. Say like, what? I I don't think that 
I don't think tricksters always have to be causing problems. I think they can occasionally just like point out the absurdity of a situation. I mean, I'll take that, but that feels weak. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, if you have like, how else are you going to have a trickster character in a story set in the real world? Like, aside from having someone who's like constantly pulling pranks, which also feels like a weak character, because why? I mean, like, yes and no. Like, Fred and George count as trickster characters, and yeah, they're not always like against your protagonist, but they do kind of add some chaos. Like, okay. They're also non characters who don't matter to the story, really. Yes and no. We love Fred and George. <laughs> we do, but like, they're not crucial to the plot. Yeah, they're not center stage. They're not even, like, your mm -hmm. biggest secondary characters. Yeah. Do you... What do you think about the the horror genre? Do you think that that could have a trickster? Yes. Yeah. Like, I think okay. in a lot of genres they could have a trickster, but this is one that isn't a sort of necessary archetype. So there's, like, when we covered the hero, like, just about every story has a hero because they have someone who's a main character or they have a set of main characters that count as hero, basically. Right. But, but like there are others that don't always show up, and I think Trickster doesn't always show up. Yeah. Yeah. I but I feel like when they do though in horror, is it anything different than like let's say fantasy or contemporary type stories? Okay, so I think some of your some of the question here is whether you're casting Trickster as like what Kristen was mentioning, where it's like mm -hmm. they're a side character that's not exactly an antagonist or might even be on the same side as the hero, or you could have right. Tricksters as a villain. And there's like lots of, I think there's lots of horror that, not lots of horror. There's a certain type of horror story where you have a Trickster villain basically like so this is kind of like the joker this is kind of like if you think about um phantom of the opera like phantom can be a sort of trickster villain like he i don't or does he count as an anti-hero or something like that it depends on how you interpret the like the phantom of the opera but like so that's like a certain type of dark story so, like, I don't know if these are differences between genres so much as differences in where your trickster can show up in just about any mm. story. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think it's interesting. Like, going back to, like, <laughs> the other the otherness or, like, the removal of, like, that specific archetype from, like, the rest of the characters... I do think it's interesting that, I mean, and it makes sense for it to be true for fantasy and also like any speculative genre, um, like horror, where like you could literally have, I think you could literally have like a haunted house or like a setting almost be like you, you could potentially have that be a trickster, depending on how you set it up. Uh -huh. um, but, but that's just like horror in, ge in general, especially like gothic horror mm -hmm. i mean again i think it comes back to that distinction between whether it's a character or a thing playing tricks versus something uh -huh. that is revealing something about the absurdity of society or revealing something about the state of the characters yeah 
pointing to, I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about with the idea of otherness, Kelly, but Mm -hmm. like, but like, it makes me think of how sometimes your trickster character has a kind of plot armor on them because they're because they're there to basically point things out, cause problems, to entertain, and things like that. So, like, you basically, like, that character doesn't die, usually. They might die at the very end, something like that. But, like, that in a way separates them from the other characters, because no matter what they do, like, they don't exactly get hurt in the same way like sometimes it's almost cartoonish Mm -hmm. or like literally cartoonish (laughs) literally thinking of who framed roger rabbit where like (laughs) roger rabbit like like there's a point in the movie literally where like the guy's trying to like saw handcuffs off of himself and roger rabbit and roger rabbit just slips his hand out of the handcuffs and he's like, are you are you telling me you could do that at any time? And Roger's like, no, not at any time. Only when it was funny. <laughs> like, that's 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 trickster right there. That's prime trickster yep. right there. He's he's behaving mm-hmm. by different rules, and like it does separate him from the other characters that are not tricksters that aren't tunes. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is a very good point. I don't think that's necessarily always true because no. I feel like I would call Mercutio and Romeo and Juliet the type of trickster because he's Ooh. the comic relief and he's constantly like pointing out how dumb Romeo is being and like so on and so forth. And he's one of the first to die. It's in the <laughs> latter portion of the, of the play though. But yeah, your point stands. But yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it depends. Like we said in the beginning, it depends on what the point of your story is. Like, if you're writing a drama, your trickster is probably just going to be, like, brief comic relief that's not a very big character. Yeah. Whereas if you're writing something that is about... what If you're writing a satire, like, your trickster is going to be your main character, basically. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which also, it brings up a question for me. So, like, it's a big difference in, like how a trickster appears is whether they're your like main character hero or a side character. So mm-hmm. do you guys think that it's possible to write from the first person perspective of a trickster? Because like movies and third person narratives give us that distance and they're more of a camera on the character, which works. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think you can be in the head of a trickster and still have them function as a trickster. Not quite. Like they're for one thing, they're frequently right. not as surprising because you know too much about what's going on in their head. Like mm-hmm. it breaks a whole bunch of things that the trickster does. So what you have what you have out the other end of that is like just maybe a tricky main character, but like Yeah. Yeah, I mean even if your tone is a little sillier because they're the protagonist is it's like first person if that if that's what you're writing it almost becomes a little bit more serious so yeah they just become a snarky character that you're writing yeah yeah exactly yeah so it's like i don't know you're right like i don't know that's a challenge now like if anyone could write 
it go right ahead. We'd love to read it. <laughs> but I don't think I would. I don't I don't think I'd want to read yeah, that. I, I know think like it the, would work. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I don't wanna that kind of like blows kind of what the trickster's attempting to do. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think goes back to your point of them being other. Like they they yeah. function by slightly different rules. And as soon as you're in their head, that's the world that you're in. So Yeah. Right. And you can't, it's you a can't lot... poke holes in it the same way. Right. And it's a lot more fun to kind of figure out those rules as you go along rather than Yeah. Like, oh yes, like this is my first rule or something. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. do that, maybe, hopefully, but I mean, there's some amount of like mystery around the trickster kind of like some of it's that unpredictability it's like you want to see what they do next and some of it's like you have a feeling that they have a point you just don't know what their point is yet like so you're just kind of waiting to see things explained yes like a good joke Uh like a punchline and a joke yeah Uh it's like oh that's another rule all right (laughs) and none of that works first person yeah yeah that would be hard like you guys were saying, like when you're in somebody's head, the rules of their world are the rules of the world. Yeah. Like you can't, mm, you yeah. can't break the rules because then you just you're writing a bad book. Yeah, <laughs> and you, it would push you to do some strange information hiding from your reader, basically. It's so annoying. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. hard to do that. Well, I mean, like you can try, but I don't think. I don't think the trickster archetype is like the place to make that would make that would work. Yeah. Okay. So we've been talking logistically about like the trickster and whatnot. And um, I wanted to, like we ask every, every episode, but I wanted to ask, how does one write a trickster? Well, okay. This might be controversial advice, but my advice <laughs> is just don't like, just don't try <laughs> well, to write a trickster character. Unless you were specifically setting out to write, like, a trickster story a la Loki or Bugs Bunny. Like, write clever characters, Mm. write funny characters, write characters who take your hero down a notch occasionally. But, like, don't go into a story thinking, oh, yes, Steven is going to function as the trickster archetype in this story. Because that is just a recipe for writing a bad character. Okay, Mm. my counter-argument to that would be, if you're going to write a trickster character, more of what... You don't set out, like, oh, I'm going to write a trickster character... You set out with, like, what point or what thing is this trickster on about? Something like that. So you need to be, like, a little more specific because I think, yeah, if you start with the point of reference that, like, oh, this character is just going to be, like, the trickster, like, (laughs) that can, like, lead them to just not make sense as a character because, like, Mm -hmm. then you're just sort of like, oh, well, and then they'll do this and then they'll do this. Like, then they'll prank them this way and then they'll, like like you know then they'll make a chandelier fall on them or something like that just because they're tricky and it's like that that doesn't track that doesn't carry as a character but if you sit here and they're like and you're like okay this character is a trickster and their shtick is that they disagree with the main character about how the justice system works or they disagree with the main character about like I don't know. So, like, I think you can still set out to write, like, a trickster character or a trickster story.
story that isn't even just like in the mythic sense of a trickster story, mm-hmm. but you have to know the specificity of what they're a trickster about. Like what exactly is their like beef with the main character or their beef with society? <laughs> Yeah, I think like riffing off of that, I think that if you're going to take um, a story and then let's say there's a character that you come up with and it fits the story and fits the vibe and everything, um, not treating them like an archetype, which I know we've said before, like you don't want (laughs) to, and what Ray kind of like, you know, just said of you don't want to make the character an archetype in and of itself. But if you give like the thing with a, with tricksters in general is that they have like going back to the, they have a code or they have like a set of rules that maybe attack society in some way, shape or form. And so if you're going to have a character that does that specifically, like not necessarily in your head saying like, Oh yes. I'm, I'm, going out to to write the trickster character and like they're going to to make my main character's life a living hell it's like okay yes that might be true but it needs to be true for the character not just for the archetype so i i think i think like thinking in terms of okay what are the rules of this archetype and it's like does this jive well with the character that I want to create um, can at least give you ideas, but it shouldn't be like <laughs> the goal, the necessarily, necessarily the goal of what you're doing. I think even then trying to make a character fit into an archetype is just, like you were saying, it's not going to go super well. Like mm-hmm. all of, all of the best, like main character tricksters are written as fully fleshed out characters they're not like written to be a trickster unless it's you know bugs bunny like <laughs> yeah. jack sparrow is a like solid trickster character willy wonka solid trickster character but they're written as specific characters they're not just being tricky they're not just revealing things about society like they're actual characters you know i, mean- I think the danger yeah, I think the danger yeah. of like saying I'm going to write a trickster character is that you end up with that didactic character who's like, this is what's <laughs> wrong with society. And your readers are like, wow, I'm not that dumb. Thanks. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe it's more of like a revision acknowledgement. So like you've yeah. written the first draft and you have this character that is like pranking people and is comic relief or like maybe making a point about society just because the character is like that and then as you go through like again like acknowledging oh this character could fit the trickster (laughs) archetype but not not like (laughs) making them fit into that little box yeah Yeah. i i will say you can like set out to write fred and george characters because they're pranksters who don't really matter to the plot and they're just fun and interesting they don't have anything particularly like revelatory to say like that that's a type that you can write like yeah Mm. don't get me wrong they're my favorite characters in that series Uh they're just not essential yeah they're like very secondary tertiary kind of characters Mm. that are more like a little more like setting and background entertainment most of the time yeah Yeah. 
And if you want to write characters that prank people, just like in heists, it it, it does help <laughs> to write <laughs> to write backwards. So mm, yeah. yeah, like like the plan as far as the plan goes. I would still argue that you can set out to write a trickster. You should know what their like specific shtick is. But like I think that's also something that you can maybe figure out in your second draft kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you have yeah. this character that's like messing with the main character, but you don't know exactly what their deal is. And then in the second draft, you're like, well, they're doing these things. Oh, maybe they hate the main character because this reason. Or like yeah. maybe they think it's so fun to mess with the main character because this reason. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I will say one other thing about writing Trickster as well is like we've mentioned this in previous previous episodes about like genius characters, but like mm. it's really hard to successfully write an excessively smart character unless you are excessively smart in the same ways and on the same topics. <laughs> and I think the same goes for clever and funny characters. <laughs> like this is gonna sound super harsh, but it's not really, I promise. Like if a writer isn't funny, especially in the perfectly timed or ridiculous ways that a trickster is funny, then trying to write a funny trickster character is not going to end well. Like It's, it's going to be, be an uphill battle, at least. <laughs> I mean, all writers have different strengths, obviously, and it's really important to know your strengths and play to them, especially <laughs> in work that you mean for an audience to read or watch. Like, of course, you can develop strengths through exercises, practice, whatever, listening to this podcast. But like, <laughs> if you're not funny, you shouldn't be trying to develop your ability to be funny through a character in a book you want to publish. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what beta readers and friends are for. Hopefully everyone has a friend in their life who will tell them when they're not funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, the true friends. Yeah. So you're saying that you guys will tell me when I'm not funny? I 100% <laughs> will, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like they're there are not a lot of tricksters that are done really, really well. So <laughs> if you're going to try to write a trickster, you either have to lean into it or like just write a different character that's occasionally funny and occasionally tricky. Right, know? which is also valued. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's also, wanted. also important. Just different mm-hmm. stories. Right. I don't know if yeah. I can write a trickster. I kind of want to try now, but like, <laughs> it seems hard. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like there are certain uh, writing styles or vo- like author voice that just lends itself well to those kinds of stories. Um, yeah. So I can definitely <laughs> see, like, Rick Riordan is, in my opinion, like, so good at mm. comedic timing in certain instances, uh-huh. and he yes. has written trickster gods and like trickster characters before um which makes sense because he's dealing with myths um but they work because like his voice lends itself to it yeah i was thinking like terry pratchett yeah i'm reading comments right now and like that is the perfect voice for a trickster he's very good yes all right and that's our episode listeners knock knock Email us at to trope or not to trope at gmail.com with who's there to hear the rest of the joke. We'll be back in two weeks with another trope and back in a month with another archetype. Thanks for listening to To Trope or Not to Trope and happy writing. Bye.